If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Final real dead week, if you will, between now and the NFL season starting. It's yeah, almost but not it's for al- long. It's almost like a de facto bye now that they get. Like I think Tomlin even said he's going to treat this like a a bye week's uh, a, a midseason bye week this week between the end of the preseason and the start of the regular season. You know, saying things like we're going to spend the majority of this week currently focusing on us and the Steelers, and then we'll spend the next week starting Labor Day focusing on the Cincinnati Bengals for that first game. So a bit of an odd uh, thing to, you know, go through. It's just the second year that the NFL has had this little reprieve between the preseason and the regular season. But since we have a break and there's nothing to really preview on Sunday of this week, thought it'd be fun to take a look at some season-long prognostication with your Pittsburgh Steelers and throw out some over-unders that I've created myself because I am a expert bookie. Over-under master. Expert bookie. I, I consult in Vegas constantly. So I've come up with these over-unders here that are foolproof. We'll get into them and we'll determine whether or not we think that these players will go over or under these statistical numbers in 2022. And always more fun to start on the offensive side of the ball, I think, when you're betting on these kind of things. And let's start with the running back, Najee Harris. Najee Harris, Harris. excuse me. 1,200 yards on the ground last year. Let's just start over-under. Is he going to have over or under 1,200 yards on the ground this year? This is a this question kind of relies on volume, right? That's kind of the word that you hear associated the most with Najee Harris. Will his volume increase or will it decrease like the team says they plan on doing so for him in order to not over-exert him by the end of the season, by the time the end of the season rolls around? He's a little tired, he's a little gassed, and he's not going to be as much of use to you as he could have been if you kind of spread the love out over the entire season rather than just give him those close to, what, 400 touches that he had all in those first, like, what, 14 games or something like that. Yeah, total touches, 381 last year, 307 of them via the ground, and then the rest coming through the air and receptions. So he has a heavy workload and a high-volume workload, I'm actually going to go with the over, though, for 1,200 yards you. on the ground. I agree. Because I think, and it, it, not my theory as to why it doesn't fall on the side of the fence of volume, it falls on the side of the fence that I think he's going to average more than 3.9 yards per carry this year. And if anything, his volume is just going to stay the same as it was last year. So that in itself will lead to more yardage on the ground. 
3.9 yards per carry and 1,200 yards rushing is so hard to do in the NFL. You really have to be a grinder to do that. But it takes a lot out of you, and it really ruins the potential for big play opportunity, I think, because you're not getting into that secondary as much. You're grinding and fighting your way for just four yards at a time. I think he averages more like 4.3, 4.4 yards per carry this year, something a little bit more respectable, not out, not, not otherworldly because I don't think the offensive line allows it to be otherworldly just yet. Like He's not going to be getting close to five yards per carry, things like that. But he'll be north of four this year. It'll be a nice little uptick, and I think he will have somewhat better holes to maneuver and run through than he did last year. So as far as strictly rushing yards are concerned, I think he settles somewhere around 1,350, somewhere like that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Again, you would like you would like for him to find similar final success via a different path than he did it last year. Maybe a little less than what? So he was at 320-ish touches on the ground last year is what you said? 307. 307. Maybe a little bit under that number, but the yards per carry you'd like to see increase for him to get to an over- that total of, what, 1,200 yards on the ground, I would have no problem with that, and I can't imagine you would have one either. Now, total yardage-wise, Najee had 381 touches for 1,667 yards from scrimmage last year, averaging 4.4 yards per touch for his 2021 campaign. Over under 1,750 Oof. total yards oh, for Najee Oh, wow, Harris you're really today. setting the bar high there. I mean, not really. It's just about 100 yards more than he did last year total. If the volume goes down, I have a hard time seeing that number go over. I don't think the volume's going to go down. It's just, you can say that all you want in the preseason and you can talk that up, but when you're in the game situation and it's the fourth quarter and you want to grind Najee into the ground because he's running the ball five yards per clip and you're trying to salt away a lead in Cincinnati late, you're going to give him the ball as many times as possible. It's in Tomlin's DNA. As the season keeps wearing on, the Steelers are going to win games by running the football with Najee Harris. I just don't see them ever slowing up on that at all, taking their foot off the gas pedal at all. He's going to get a lot of carries. This I year. just, if that's the case, Tom, then I need the offensive line to do more for Najee Harris. But that's even a bigger ask than anything really else you could ask of this team. So if you if you believe that the volume stays consistent, if not increases, then sure, I think seventeen fifty in total is certainly achievable for this guy. I think this is a guy that's going to get to 2,000 in total at some point. At in his some career. point? Yeah, 1,000 rush, 1,000 uh, receiving, or split the difference, however you will. I just think that that's kind of the player he is, his archetype. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to 2,000 at some point. Just not sure if the team in front of him is capable of letting him do that this year. Wide receiver core, I'm just looking at the big three, really. Okay. Let's start with Deontay Johnson. Last year, Deontay had 1,161 yards through the air. A uh, new quarterback that he's got to play with this year, though, and this quarterback most likely isn't going to be going into the Hall of Fame. I think you can make a safe bet on that percentage-wise. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit of a drop-off, at least in that category, is concerned. Uh, do you think he gets over 1,000 yards again this year, or does he fall short of the century mark? I would say over. I think just because you have that young arm and what we saw on Sunday in Detroit, that one great deep ball on the sidelines— into double coverage. I feel like that's a sign of things to come for this connection between Mitch and Deontay. I have no trouble going with you over there. You think he go? I think he's going to go over 1,000 yards, too, if he can stay healthy. I think that he'll be a guy that whatever quarterback is in there, 
they'll end up gravitating towards him more times than not compared to uh, the others on the roster. Pickens is the wild card, though. He could definitely assert himself so sure. greatly early that he just becomes the de facto number one right off the bat. But I agree. I think Deontay is going to get over that 1,000-yard mark for the second year in a row. Uh, he just got that new contract extension, so you know he's going to be playing happy, and I think that's going to translate to another great year from, from Mr. Deontay Johnson, hopefully one that... You know, again, the uh, drops thing is kind of blown out of proportion by a lot of people, but hopefully there's one that doesn't have any, you know, highlight moments like that, or should I say low light moments like that at the end of uh, the season that a lot of people can grab onto. Chase Claypool, or no, before we get to Chase Claypool, uh, Deontay had 107 catches last year. Oof. Over under 100 receptions this year. I might. I'm going say, over again in this ooh. one. Ooh. I might say under just because. So you think he's going to go the, under, but still get to a thousand yards? The the addition of George Pickens, I really think could help. Mm, Plus, see, I don't think he's the one that George is going to take receptions away from. We'll get to that. You know, you're, you're saying George isn't the one to take it, re- no, receptions think, away from Deontay. Yeah, it's not going to be Deontay. You think it's Pat? No, no, no. I'm saying George is going to take receptions away from Chase Claypool, not Deontay. Okay, Johnson. that's fair. Uh, it is it is no easy task to go over a hundred catches. Don't get me wrong. I, I still might say the under there, but that's not a hard thing to do to get under 100 catches and over 1,000 yards. No, you just have to have more volume downfield. and Which is what I think he could do this year. Hopefully that's what the Steelers do because they haven't had that kind of deep connection in a long time uh, for about three or four years now. Speaking of Chase Claypool, let's move on to him. Sure. 860 yards through the air last year, uh, 873 yards through the air the year prior, so it's been pretty consistent. Just set it at 850. Is he going to go over or under 850 this year? I have a feeling you're going to go under. I'm going to go under. I think he's going to go under. I think, and we'll get to receptions too, but I think he's going to go under in receptions uh, this coming year as well. I just think Chase Claypool is going to become a really important number three slot kind of niche receiver, take care of some or take advantage of some mismatches in the slot. But I just don't know if he's ever going to put together that full package that we saw. His as a rookie, um, and the the uh, the pedigree that he had coming out of Notre Dame to be a complete number one wide receiver, I question if that's ever going to be there. I think he's going to be a really quality wide receiver for a long time in the NFL, though. I just think with Pickens coming in and him showing the ability that he has and Deontay clearly being the best of the three, at least for now, until Pickens can maybe catch up to him as well. Just feel like Chase Claypool is the guy that's kind of falling behind a bit in the race, not to the point where he's not going to contribute at all, but just to the point where I think the other two are going to be getting more you of the like, attention than You the, like than the Chase. Deontay Johnson filling into that number one role finally, and you like the emergence of George Pickens as a rookie. I kind of agree with you there. Oof. I still may say under for receptions, but over for yards. I like the volume with potential with both of these guys between Claypool and and Deontay. As far as as far as deep yes, downfield, yeah, okay, and and I mean like sure, Claypool could possibly. You know what, Tom? I might. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch my answer. I'll go under for both. You can't just switch your answer. Like I just that. switched my answer. You can't do that. You well, just said I never. Over. You know, if this is the chessboard, my finger was still on my piece. I moved it, but oh, I never let go. No, you hit the clock already. You moves. You you switched hands. It's <laughs> not how I interpreted it. I'll go under for both. I was gonna say Chase Claypool. Yes, has that deep ball potential, but with the addition to Calvin Austin or with the Calvin Austin, sorry, with the George Pickens, Chase Claypool is going to fall more into that slot role. You're not going to see those those yards really tally up the way you would for Deontay and Pickens. So 
I'll side with you. I'll go under for both. I set the over-under on receptions for Pickens and Claypool at the same mark, 60 and a half. Claypool had 59 catches last year, 62 his rookie year. Um, so right around where he's been the past couple of years. And I said I'd go under for Claypool, but I'd go over, over for, for George Pickens. George Pickens. I, I like think Pickens too. ends up getting closer to 80 receptions this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Pickens ends up with about 800 or so yards through the air as well. So where are you saying his over-under then? See, it's tougher to determine that because he hasn't He's played in the league. Really yeah, I'd probably put it at something. Like, going off Claypool, he had 873 his rookie year. It seems like 800 would be a good spot for a guy who factors into being a number three, top three wide receiver on the field a lot in the offense. Can I offer you a an over-under of my own that I just kind of came up sure. with? Sure. 2250. 2,250 yards combined between Pickens, Deontay, and Claypool through the air this year. Oh, I think they'll go over that. Two thousand so? That's 750 yards per guy. Yeah, I think they can clear that. I think Deontay will definitely clear 1,000, so that's heavy lifting done right there. And then if Pickens or Claypool gets to 800, you'd assume the other guy can finish that off and get the 400 that you need to get to that point. Okay, so let's raise the bar a little bit. Would you take the over for 2,500? That's 830 yards per guy. Mm, I think it's got a really good chance to go over. I would start to get a little cold feet as okay. far as that number is concerned, though. But, but that's I not think a it bad can be number done. for three guys. No, and I think it can be done. I think Pickens, again, is the biggest wild card. He can absolutely <laughs> come out and ball, and you could have two 1,000-yard receiving receivers this year. He's that kind of skilled yes. player. But the quarterback has a lot to do with that equation, too. Do you want to move there next? No. Okay, you're going to go tight Pat ends here? Here. Okay. Over under seven and a half touchdowns for Ooh, I like the over. He has seven touchdowns last year. I like year. the over. I think he's going to still be, I mean, we saw it with, with Kenny Pickett. We saw that great touch pass uh, that set up the game-winning touchdown or the go-ahead, sorry, the, the go-ahead touchdown against Detroit. Uh, we saw it happen the week before on that two-minute drill uh, leading up to the, uh, I believe it was the, uh, Tyler Vaughn's touchdown, or is the um, whoever had the touchdown going into half, right? That two-minute drill. Pat Frymuth caught two of those passes right before they got as they made their way down the field. I, I just think he'll be that, even though Kenny or Mitch, we're not really sure if they they really go to a tight end as their safety blanket as as much as Ben Roethlisberger did. I think he'll he'll elevate his game enough to to be known as that guy for. Whichever quarterback lasts as the as a starter for the majority of the season. Four hundred and ninety seven yards for Pat in his rookie year, over under five hundred yards for him. I'll go over that's a more easy over than the touchdown one, I I'd say. I think he'll go over in both these categories, touchdowns and uh five hundred yards. I am excited, like you said, to see him work the middle of the field more this year and get the opportunity to do so uh through his quarterback's play. You're just excited to see the Steelers. Work the middle of the field. Attack in general. the middle of the field, right. Uh, but Fryermuth is going to be the bread and butter there. And I think he's the red zone monster. He was his entire career at Penn State, never dropped right. a pass in the red zone uh, while Still he was his at best, Penn State. His best play last year as a Steeler, as a rookie, it was, was a the red game zone catch touchdown. against the Browns. Yep. So I think he's going to rack up red zone catches and red zone touchdowns. So, so you go over for Yeah, both I think as well? like nine touchdowns, 700 yards receiving for Fryermuth. It's not a bad tight end. No, it's a tight end that's definitely taking his baby steps towards being the next Kelsey Andrews, that kind if there, of player. If in there the is no, if there isn't three guys on this team, like three receivers, like the Steelers have between Claypool, Deontay, and, and George Pickens, the road to becoming that next Kelsey slash Andrews is a lot easier. 
for Pat Farmouth. He's just on an he's just on a loaded offense. Kind of, but I think he can end up dipping into a lot of those guys' targets, especially with young quarterbacks and how safe the tight end can sure. be to young quarterbacks. So I expect big things out of Pat Firemuth. And finally, Mitch Trubisky. I just have one over-under for him. Over-under seven and a half games started this year. Oof. Right. Can you what? I'll say over. You're going to say over. Okay. That's for Mitch, right? That's for Mitch. Seven yeah, and I'll, a half go, games. I'll go over. I will go over, too. I think Mitch is going to surprise some people. I think he's going to do a pretty decent job as the starter, at least at the beginning of the season. I think the team will you know, fight and, and battle their way into a playoff spot all year long, and I think they might end up settling 7-10, and 8-9, something like that, but... I think competitive throughout the entire season, and I'm not sure Mitch's play is really going to be their biggest downfall. So the only thing that would give me worry about this is potentially injury. I really don't see a, a, a scenario being far-fetched that Mitch plays pretty much the entire season. Maybe Kenny plays the last sure. week if you're out of the playoff race at that point or something like that. Like, I could really see this being Mitch's year. Kenny gets a complete redshirt season to just really hone in, and he which gets, a lot he of gets people better, have a problem with. But I don't because he gets better yeah, every sure. day. So let's just continue to let him get better every single day and incubate him nicely. And then next year, Mason leaves via free agency. You go two dogs, one bone again with Mitch and, and Kenny, but more of a legit position battle this time. Probably yielding to Kenny and having Mitch be a veteran backup for a season. I, I think that's the dream scenario for the Steelers, and therefore I'm going to say that's my dream scenario as well, and that's what's going to play out. So I'll go over seven and a half games started. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that too. And you wouldn't have a problem with it if it exceeds the over significantly, would you? No, not even a little bit. I, if 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 he plays all 17 games, I think that's a good thing. You're like right, like right. It worked out. That's what you wanted well, out of him. Well, not that's just, why you went out. And not just him. that. It's just that if he's playing all 17 games, you have to assume they're playing decent football. They would make that switch if if the season was on life support. They'll make the switch and start to get Kenny ready. As that's fast what I meant. They, they yeah. said, like they went out and signed Mitch from day one. They were even though they didn't point blank say it. Mitch was getting all the Team 1 reps in training camp every day at practice. He started all three preseason games. It was clear that even though they went out and used a first-round pick on Kenny Pickett, Mitch, they wanted Mitch to be their guy for this year. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Before we switch over to the defensive side of the ball and give you some over-unders there, I wanted to tell you to check out the Steelers Week in Review. It's hosted by Wesley Euler, also the host of the uh, Steelers Blitz here on the Steelers Podcast uh, Network. Uh, it's a recap of the previous game as well as a look at the Steelers' next opponent. New episodes drop every Tuesday. It's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. So Steelers Week in Review with Wesley Euler. Make sure you are downloading and subscribing to that. So many great podcasts that we have. We have really the best coverage that you could ask for, uh, Steelers Nation. By far the biggest. Yes, as we work our way through the 2022 season. All right, defensively, do you want to start with T.J. Watt or do you want to end with T.J. Watt? Let's start because 
it's the most exciting player. Let's let's start on a high note here. Over under 15 and a half games played. Ooh. I'm going to go under. I might have to say under. 15 I think is where he's going to land. I bet he misses two again this year. Yeah, eh, you got you, you and you would hope too that they come at non-consequential times in the season. Like New Orleans after the bye. Sure. Something like that. Give me Give NFC teams. Give them a little teams. extra rest. Yeah. yeah. The Panthers, the Falcons, anyway, yeah, NFC teams, teams yep. that stink. I'll take TJ sitting out for those ones, but you can't really choose when a guy's going to get injured. No, you're not. It's out, and again, it could not just be injured. It, it just could be that exhaustion factor as well. Oh, I mean, he's going to play. What right. is he going to say? Uh, I'm I'm out today because I'm too tired. Well, you, you know what I mean. Like it, it's the it's exhaustion a leads to injury. The lingering injury. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That could certainly happen, and we've seen that happen with him. But you got Malik Reed now, so hopefully Here's he can take question. a little bit off the plate. So you would you would set it at 15? Are you saying 15 and a half? Is the over under? I'm going with 15, so I'm taking the under. But you're not. Nece- are you necessarily saying that he'll just miss three games or a combination? Two games. Of s- sorry, two games. Are you saying he's going to miss two full games or just a combination? Two of, full games of four halves. This is a this over under is strictly starts. So okay. Okay. this does not include potentially leaving a game okay. early. So I, I think he's going to miss two full games. So this in, year. in terms of full games played. Regardless of starting or not, would you go even further under? Mm, I could see him potentially exiting early right. in a game, and then that next week is the game that he misses or one of the games that he misses. So if you want to aggregate add it up, maybe like three and a half games of total time missed, uh, leaving a game and a half early, yeah, maybe. I, I, I just see it as the starts is really where you can get – Yeah. Uh, when you don't have him to start a football game, you get so far behind the eight ball, it can really hurt you. But he missed a few games last year uh, and still got a tie with Michael Strahan's sack record. True. So over under 22 and a half sacks. I'll go over 20, but the 22 I'm and a half. I'm going under 22 and a half. That's a tough one to But to, would you to go match. over 20? I think he's going to get like 19 sacks this year. See, oh, look at how disappointed you are for an absurd amount of sacks. It, it, it's it's a ridiculous amount of sacks to be upset with or, or disappointed in for sure. But what I like the mo- more about this year than last year is the defensive lines better help. Yeah, that they can attribute or they can contribute to TJ getting to that twenty sack mark. Maybe Malik Reed can be a better Robin too for yeah, TJ. Watt. Right? Maybe the 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 duo of TJ and Malik Reed is more reminiscent of TJ and Bud compared to TJ and Highsmith. Cam Hayward, speaking of the defensive line, over under 11 and a half sacks this year. Over, I'm going to go under. I bet I he gets like eight sacks. say under two, but do you have, and that's not bad, that's not a bash on Cam, do you happen to have an over under set for passes batted down? Cause what I do, it, actually. Cause I do is, have I'm that. I'm taking the over. Seven and a half is what I had for batted passes. Easily. He had, like, what, five in the preseason alone? In the one game he played in the preseason. Cam had nine passes defended last year. Yeah, I'll go over seven and a half. Over seven and a half. Uh, He had ten sacks last year. His career high in sacks is 12. Which I don't came think in he'll 2020? get so 11 and a half. I don't think he'll get no. His 12 sack season came in 2017. Okay. First year as an all pro. Well, I uh, I would hesitate to get him over 11 and a half, match that career high in sacks. I think eight sacks, but definitely over on the passes batted down. That's quickly become his most signature part for of his sure. game. Nine passes defended is insane for a uh, defensive, defensive lineman. lineman. He has 42 career passes defended. That number is just going to continue to grow. 
And people think like, oh, people will say like, hey, you know, this seems like a new thing. He seems like he's really getting his hands up. 2013, he had seven. He had four in 2014. He had six in 2019. This dude's been doing it for a right. long time. He's just far. getting it's really just good starting at it. to get yeah, recognition yeah. now. And you're right. He is getting really good at it. But you know what? When you make the AP first team all pro team in three of the past five years, you get a lot of recognition for a lot of the things that you do. On Including the field. that. Including that. Hopefully he's on his way to another all pro caliber season. Linebacking core, Devin Bush, over, under, eight and a half games played. I'll go over. Over? Yeah, that's not like a. I think more things so would if have to go catastrophically game wrong. Game started, not played. What if he gets pulled and Spillane becomes your starter? You're saying Let's eight and a half? That, eight and a half. I still think that. I still might go with the over. With there. the injury to KZ, and you're not going to be able to use that big nickel like you wanted to, at least at the beginning half of the season, I think their best bet is to just grit their teeth and ride out Devin Bush and just hope he plays his way either out of his funk or just plays serviceably enough that you can get until, by with the other strengths around him. Until KZ comes back and you can and move you can mask him, get him off the field, keep it just Miles Jack and, and, K, and Terrell Edmonds in run support. So I think your best bet, Spillane in that position battle, that was nothing more than to just motivate Devin Bush, and it kind of backfired because Spillane stinks and Devin Bush Lost just a clearly lot of didn't get no motivated. Yep. There seems to be no motivating the guy. You just got to play him and just hope to God he somehow has a click or he isn't too much of an anchor where it just ruins your defense, which I don't think he will be. He had a decent stop on fourth down against the Detroit Lions where he, did. he showed a flash. If he can show a flash from time to time and not just completely weigh you guys down, I think you're okay with that. But that's the best option, so I'll go way over there. I think he starts pretty much every game he's healthy as long as they don't go big nickel. Again, I, I, I said things would have to go catastrophically wrong. For him to go under, and I don't think it could get that bad. It would be horrible if they did, but I, I don't foresee that happening. Miles Jack, how about his playmaking buddy okay. in the inside? 0.5 touchdowns. Do you think Miles Jack scores a touchdown oh, this like year? I like that. I might just go the under because you can never really predict defensive touchdowns, but I'm trying to think the last time. I mean, Ryan Chazier. He scored one career touchdown in 2018, Miles Jack. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go the under there, but... But he's had an interception in every year except for last year. He didn't have one in 2021, but he's had at least one in the three years So prior. how about this? Combined turnovers, do you have one for him? For Miles Jack, yeah, three and a half combined turnovers. Interceptions, forced fumbles. I'll go over. I might take four there. Yeah, I think he's going to force more fumbles this year than yeah. interceptions, but yeah. I think Miles Jack's going to be a, a, like a decent that. turnover guy in the sure. middle of that defense. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Here we go. Over under 4.5 interceptions this year. I'll go over. I think last year was the anomaly, right? Last year was the one year where he really wasn't able to do so. But with the with the defensive line hopefully shored up, with Miles Jack shoring up the middle of the field, that should allow Minka to do more Minka-like things. That number should get back up to where it usually stands around that five interception mark on the season. Yep, I think he's going to get five interceptions, if not more. I agree with you that he's going to be free to do more Minka things this year, and that's going to lead to more turnovers, which is a positive for your Steelers' defense. It's hard to predict defensive touchdowns, but I put another one out there for Minka, one and a half touchdowns. Oh, you one and a half. One and a half, because he's going to score two. I, if you had said .5, I would have gone over. I'm going to go under. Because I think he's going to score one, one this year. 
That's what I said. If you had he scored one, five, and, I he scored one in each of his first three seasons with Pittsburgh. Right, last year was the one time he didn't score one. So just the first two, first two seasons in Pittsburgh, he took a pick six to the house. The first year it was against the Colts that like ninety nine yard reception interception return. Then it the was second year was the, against uh, Baker Browns. It was yep, like a twenty five exactly yard right. interception return. Last year was the first year he didn't do so. In his entire career, because he also had a pick he also six had one in Miami, in, Miami right. in his rookie season as well. So, man, that guy's a freak. So, I'll take the under, but I'll go with one touchdown. Sure, for as will I. And I'll go over for total for total interceptions. And well. finally, the Steelers team, and this is from Vegas, over under seven and a half wins. I'll go over. You're going over with the I'll wins? I'll go over. I believe you had seven and ten. I'm going to go when under. We did our most recent. Yep, and next week we'll have our official season prediction okay. for the records, but I'm going to go under. Seven wins. You would say seven yep, wins? So seven not wins. by much. Not by much, but I'm going to go under the seven and a half. I'm excited you to have them going 12 and four. So I think I have them going 17 or no. Yeah, actually, that's right, <laughs> in your last prediction. So I think they'll clear that under or over under pretty easily in your book. I'm excited. To, I mean, with the team now in full form and in its final form, we're only at that point, we'd only be days away from the first regular season game of the entire league. It'll be interesting to see how things have changed given the landscape of the league and the landscape of this team. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. It's a Wednesday. That means we got a power ranking Wednesday coming your way next. It's a little bit of a specialty power ranking Wednesday, so make sure you tune in to see what category we're ranking today. That's all on the way next. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opperman. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. This has been the Steelers Standard. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.